check, check. Mic check. Welcome everybody, Thursday, May 21st, 2015, the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB. We are live on the air from Las Vegas, noon, Pacific, Hangtown, the opening round of Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships is in the rearview mirror, and uh, coming up this weekend is Glen Helen, that's right, the Hills of Helen have spoken, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to heading up that. Lots of um, lots of uh, talk after Hangtown. We saw some guys perform the way we thought they would. We thought we saw some guys underperform. We saw some guys be surprises. We saw a lot of things that are pretty interesting and pretty cool from the Lucas Oil MMA Pro Motocross Championships opener at Hangtown, California. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. We're taking your calls. Uh, 702-586-7857. 702-586-PULP. Giving away a set of Fly Kinetic Mesh Rockstar Energy Gear. To just a random caller this this uh, Thursday. That's right. You just got to be a random caller. Got to ask a good question. My usual compadres will be on it. Jason Wygant and uh, Jason Thomas will be on the show to talk Hangtown, talk Glen Helen this weekend, and much more. And uh, we thank you guys. Fly Racing Light Hydrogen Gear has revolutionized the world of lightweight racing apparel inspired by Trey Kennard and Andrew Short. The Light Hydrogen Gear has been fine-tuned over the past four years to set the standard in what riders expect out of racewear. Unlike other lightweight stuff out there, the Fly Racing Light Hydrogen has kept all the premium features like zipper lock, patented 2D buckle system. FlyRacing.com. Follow them on social media at FlyRacingUSA. NFAB, N-Fab.com. Great guys. Proud sponsors of the JGR Yamaha team. Jeep, truck, SUV, b- bumpers, light mounting solutions, steps, that kind of stuff. Anything you need for your truck, they've got it. N-Fab.com. Probably made in Houston, Texas, too. So we thank those guys for coming on board. Lots to talk about. Hangtown, um, Glen Helen, and uh, Michael Lessie racing the GP this weekend. So we'll touch touch a little bit on that. We're going to give away some gear. Going to have fun times. I'm Steve Mathis with me taking your calls, producing the show, coming in at the slimmest of mar- margins where the show started. Maybe his his worst late tardy offense ever. The Tits Legendary. Hi, Steve. Nice, to, nice for you to make it. Thank you for coming. You know what? I like keeping you on your toes. Yeah. And that's what I was doing today. Um, how pumped are you that you, Fly Racing, retweeted your mountain bike photo? Did they retweet it? Yeah. Okay. That's how I knew. I'm like, oh, look. I know that guy. Yeah, check me out, Yeah, bro. you're catching air on a mountain 100% bike. 100% legit. Oh, God. John Tomac <laughs> called. He wants you to He wants to race he, you. He wants to bring me out yeah, there. Yeah, he wants to race you. Okay. Uh, Ryan Dungey's Hangtown Performance. You, Ryan Dungey, super fan. Yes. Can I get a review, please? Oh, man. I hope that's not... Well... Dungey, I thought, rode great. I'm hoping Tomac's performance is not going to be typical for the rest of the year because I'm not going to be a happy camper if that's the case. He uh, he kept him honest in the first moto. Yes. Five to six seconds yes. the whole time. Good job. Yes. Um, and the second moto, he got destroyed. But he here's the thing. Demoralized. Here's the thing. Dungey destroyed everybody else. Yeah. So, like. That's what I'm saying. I said, Dungey, he, he, you know, he did good. Par yeah. for the course. Yeah. But, yeah, if Tomac, if that's what I'm expecting, then, Yeah. It's not going to be a good series. No, no. Not <laughs> I was. Uh, we knew Tomac would be good. I don't think we knew he'd be that good. I think Ryan Dungey was exactly what we thought. Yes. Yeah, I think he was. I agree. Very good, solid, you mm-hmm. know, much better than everybody else. But sweet Jesus, look at Tomac. <laughs> that was something else. Yeah, that was amazing. So Hard to watch. Uh, all right, uh, 702-586-7857. Give us your call. Uh, first up on the line, as usual, he calls in pretty much as the show intro is going. Raining Yellow, what's up, bud? Hey, it's your official seven rider here. Um, the thing is with uh, with I got a question about Barsha, but yeah. Tomac, as fast as he rode, you know, and, and pushing it, 
yeah, it's the talk of the weekend, this and that. Uh, when you ride, that's the thing about Dungey. He's smart. He knows knows the limits. I, I feel like Tomac, I don't see him, I see him DNF in a moto here and there, and that's, well, yeah, I mean, Tomac, we saw in Supercross, Eli makes mistakes, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what happened. Exactly. He he was fast as Dunge many, many times in Supercross, but he makes the mistakes. So he's got to stay away from the mistakes. And, uh, you know, that's going to be that's gonna be the thing. I There's no possible way he's that much better than Ryan Dungey this weekend. I right. just can't see it. I just, he's on the new bike, haven't got it all figured out. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but he, I, I do see that. Kind of taking a little chip off the shoulder, but at the same time, Dungy, Dungy's used to, to battling Villapoto and knows, you know, hanging yeah. in there second place is, is not bad at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, I mean, yeah, he'll it, as bad as he got beat, it was only six points. He's only down exactly. six points. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Ryan Dungy is Ryan Dungy. Dungy does what Dungy does, bro. And uh, he'll be there every weekend. So, yeah, it's up to Eli Tomac to see if he can raise his game to another level and, and avoid the mistakes or – or see, go from there. One thing I found troubling, though, was Dunge credited a bike change for his way off the pace second moto. And I know that bike, we've been talking all year about that bike being really good, about Dungey not changing many things. He's not a great tester. He gets himself lost a little bit in bike testing, according to people uh, over there. So I hope he's not fighting this bike the rest of the way. Yeah. I just hope. I, I, think, I think they'll figure it out, you know, and uh, I hope so as well, make a good series. And then... Um, with Barsha, I know he went to JGR. He wanted to be the number one guy. Uh, much better second moto, but if you go to JGR's website now, I believe the first picture you see is Weston Pike. So he's already become number two again. Wow. Well, I don't know about that. His paycheck determines that he's the number one guy on the team. But, yeah, Pike came from a ways back to pass him in that second moto. So that's yeah. not – and I know one of the Pike. reasons – one of the reasons he left Honda, he didn't like the bike, but another thing he didn't like – sharing the stage with Trey Kennard a little bit. He wanted, like you said, he wanted to be the number one guy. Well, this weekend, Weston Pike was the number one guy, and many times in Supercross, Weston Pike was the number one guy. So we'll see. And the last thing I have on that is, and I'll let you go, is um, I remember the boy strength, the man strength. I, I heard on Monday you guys mentioned you let Ocho go because, you know, is, is, is he not as hard of a worker? Is his fitness is where he's lacking? I don't think so. We're Stanton worked with him two years, and Jeff Jeff's a pretty uh, calls it as he sees it kind of guy. And he never, even in private to me, he would he never you know bagged on Justin. Said he worked right. hard. Said he was a good kid. Um, and and Osho and him, I I think they got along fine as far as the work ethic goes. I just think Justin was struggling, and he's looking at something as what the reason was. And I think one of his faults, and I don't know him that well. He uh-huh. pointed at the Honda bike and said, that's why I'm struggling. And I think one of the reasons he, he pointed at Osho and said, that's why I'm struggling. So a lot right. of times I think he's got he's to – it's so just an observation. Absolutely. I could be wrong. But All right, okay. thanks. Well, right on. Have a good show. I'm looking forward to Glenn Helen. Thanks, Randy. I'll see you. Uh, somebody in the chat room is asking about Arno Tonis. He's sick. He's got Epstein-Barr. He should be back, uh, I would think, after the break, if not sooner. That's the talking to Mitch Payton. That was the plan for that. All right, let's bring in our next guest. I've always wanted to do this. This is kind of cool. Live from Glen Helen, it's Jason Wygant. Did I follow Raining Yellow again? You did. Dude, he calls in right away. That's It's Raining Yellow, then it's Jason Wygant. That's how it goes. Incredible. Incredible. Yep, that's the show. Um, live from Glen Helen, you're there. Uh, not quite. I'm still driving. I had about four minutes to go. Oh, I was thinking. I hammered down as quick as I could. Yeah, I was sorry. thinking you'd be like the weatherman. You know, like we're cutting live to the, to the, to the – Eye of the storm, and you'd be there, right there. But well, that's actually uh, more accurate than you think because it actually looks like it's going to happen. Oh, really? It's actually cloudy and uh, windy here. I know it never rains in Southern California, but it could be a change here. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think about? Uh, I know you were on the line when I was talking about Barsha. What What do you think of my analysis yeah. of that? Well, how do you feel about the, all of what I said? Do you think I'm in? Do you think I'm in the range? I mean, you know those guys better than I do. I, I think you are. I think if um, anyone in Barsha's camp hears it, um, you need to look over your shoulder this weekend and maybe get a nice-proof, bulletproof vest. Yeah, whatever. Uh, keep well, that in mind. Wouldn't be the but, first uh, time. Yeah. No, I know. But, uh, but I think what you're saying is accurate. Um, here's one quote that I always go back to. I hear this a lot. And uh, Stanton would always say, oh, I don't teach him how to ride. He knows how to outride me. There's nothing I could possibly teach him mm-hmm. when it comes to riding. And it always surprised me. 
I've asked Barsha over and over, and one quote he always goes back to is, oh, yeah, I got a trainer, you know, or the bike and stuff like this, but I don't need anyone to tell me how to ride a dirt bike. I know how to ride a dirt bike fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't just him. This is a motocross thing where, you know, this idea of I've been riding since I'm five years old, so I don't, there's nothing I could possibly learn about my craft. Uh, they have coaches in every other yeah. sport on earth where they also start at age five. How could Tiger Woods have a golf coach? How could that be possible? He was the best golfer in the world. He played right. since he was a child. How could he possibly learn anything? Yeah. Um, a lot of people watch Barsha and say, oh, man, he hangs it out. He tries. He pushes hard. But I see this happening. I see that happening. I mean, ask your buddy uh, Villeman. Yeah, yeah. Probably more yeah. direct pointed he should do this and that instead of that and this, maybe than any other rider. Mm-hmm. Um, and Weston Pike is a perfect example has gone from essentially, I think, by his own admission, a goon <laughs> as far as supercross riding goes, to darn effective. Mm-hmm. And he credits a lot of that to working with Buddy Antonis. So, again, we're, we're not in the trenches. Maybe a lot of this is speculation, but I don't agree with almost any rider that says there's nothing I can learn about riding a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, um, I agree a little bit. Uh, I will say this. Uh, yeah. Jeff Stanton, I know Jeff – I don't know if I'm friends with Jeff Stanton, but we have a good relationship – uh, he yeah. never had anything bad to say about Justin to me, um, about nope. in private or whatever in public about his work ethic and all that kind of stuff. So, nope. so that's good. And uh, you talked to Omera. Omera didn't didn't claim nope. he was lazy, nope. or anything like that. Nope. No, yep. no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So, um, all right. Hey, a few things to touch on. Uh, did you see my uh, text to you about Ralph uh, Shaheen at Speedsport building a um, voiceover room? No. Oh, okay. Well, um, Ralph <laughs> tweeted today that, you know, he's building a special Speed Sport magazine voiceover room, and you know, insulated and a small little room and everything else. So I just yep. wanted to rub that in your face because you just use a towel over top of you, a blanket over you when you do your voiceovers. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, Racer X um, uh, voiceover room okay. as opposed to uh, Speed Sport. And now uh, the voiceover game has really been uh, interrupted because I have a child that naps. So yeah. I can only cut audio when he's awake. Very professional. <laughs> right, right, exactly, right. And uh, also, yeah. too, um, your your thoughts and feelings on Mike Babcock being ha- being hired by the Toronto Maple Leafs, the best coach in hockey, eight year deal to guide the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I don't know anything about hockey, as you know, but I do know when I went to the ESPN app this morning, it said, "This is all I know." It said Babcock. We've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He's got a lot of work to do. You're right. So, um, also too, before we get into into Glen Helen, uh, Michael Lessey racing a GP this weekend. Can I get some moto scores? British GP for Michael Lessey. Uh, I'm going to put him just inside top ten, maybe maybe seven to nine range. Can I do that? Yeah, I think you're right. All right. I think that's good. Yeah, right. I think I would go there. Yep. Uh, Jason Wygant yeah. on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show, the voice of American motocross. So. All right, Glen Helen this weekend. The hills of Helen are alive. It's a unique track in our sport. It does see some guys like a Josh Grant, uh, maybe Sean Collier further back, Baggett, Pike. This track favors some dudes, doesn't it? Yeah, and it favors um, – you have to be careful with the, uh, oh, they're born and raised in Southern California thing because this track more than any other throws in the guys that move to California – also learned that track really well uh, more than others. Mm-hmm. Like my buddy Grant Langston, I think this is a track he's really good at. He did not grow up riding at Glen Helen, but he moved to California and rode there a lot. And Villapoto, I think, was really good. And the other strange thing is, I think it was never one of Mike Alessi's better tracks, even though he was born and raised in Southern California. It seems to work for some guys uh, and not for others, but you're right. It's definitely a track that has a specialist, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that helps. I think one of the things is it's just so damn fast. That some guys like that and some guys don't. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's it's a little bit of a balls on the handlebar factor. Yeah, at Glen Helen, yeah. I, I really do. Yep. Um, big yep. hills, up and down hills, huge. Hey, so um, Tomac dominated Hangtown. Dungey in the second moto wasn't even close. The first moto was good though for Ryan. Do you think we see that again? Do you think we see Tomac winning and Dunge getting destroyed, or do we see Tomac winning? And Dungey keeping it a lot closer. What what do you think we see? It's going to get closer. Uh, it almost always does. Uh, anytime someone completely dominates the opener like this, it almost always flips where 
as I always say, everyone's guessing in the first race. Some guess right, some guess wrong. Things tend to even out a bit. Now, I'm not saying Tomac can't go on to win the title. Right. It could play out, you know, like it did last year with Jeremy Martin. Jeremy Martin was overall the best guy all year. He won the most races. He won the championship. But he didn't dominate every race like he did round one. At some point, other guys got closer. They could even edge ahead of him at times. On balance, he was the best guy. But he didn't win every moto like he did at the beginning of the year. So I think that's – Dungy, even in the years he's been beaten by St. Villapoto, he always got into the game at some point. Maybe half the races he got on Villapoto's pace were close. Mm -hmm. So uh, the idea that he would just be completely uncompetitive for 24 motos, I just don't see how that's possible. Tomac's ride at Hangtown, it wasn't surprising that he won, but it really surprised me by how much he won. It was a big I, – I would put Tomac margin and Tomac's riding speed at a pretty big surprise. Like, I don't know where that came from. We knew he'd well, be good, but come on. I, I think it was one of the most dominant motos we've ever seen ever. So I don't care who you are. Besides, I guess, Carmichael during his seven years of winning that title in a row. Besides right. him, I don't think you could expect that from anybody. If someone had said Tomac would go 1-1, I don't think any of us would have been surprised at all. But mm-hmm. a minute and a half, and yeah. it wasn't a mud race. Uh, Dungey didn't crash. Dungey got a good start, you know, probably yeah. his primary competitor. Uh, everything aligned. And I still think it was one of the biggest margins I've ever seen. We're still trying to do some research. Like, even when Stewart, for example, I know, went 24-0, he never had a lead. He had some minute leads, never a minute and a half. So I'm just giving you an idea. Right. Uh, and I think Ricky can win by a minute. But a minute and a half, that's all time. Again, I, it wasn't even in a crazy mud race or anything. Yeah, I found I found a dungy lead um, at just uh, 58 seconds or 57 seconds. I found, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So This is 50% more than that. <laughs> think about right. it. Right. Yeah, no, um, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it was right. Hey, yeah, it was I... Surprising. Uh, I don't know if you've talked to many people about Kenny Roxon this week. I've done a little bit of research, talked to a couple people, and uh, he had a full week of testing. Uh, went great. He uh, was on point, never felt any pain, and uh, he tweeted that he was jogging, or some, he retweeted that someone saw him jogging, which we know jogging's not great on the back. I think he's going to be good this weekend. I think he's go- somehow he's going to be fixed. Well, we can all play amateur armchair doctor all we want, but uh, it's really hard to do, especially when it comes to back injuries. I mean, there's, it, nothing seems to vary, I think, quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he's saying that, I have a, every reason to believe it. Uh, you just, it's impossible to say, oh, looking at him last week, I know backs. I know there's no way <laughs> right. that he could go jog. Uh, but, boy, we need it because, as I said in our podcast, we've already lost Trey Kennard from this. Nothing at Hangtown made us think that there's a surprise guy who's going to get in there and get on the pace of the leaders, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. So if Roxon's hurt, you're already potentially down to only Dungey and Tomac, and then you're one mistake from one of those guys away from it being a complete blowout. So yeah. if Roxon gets back in this, it'd be really, really good. Tomac thought his starts would be better outdoors. That's what he told me, and uh, and they were. They, were, they weren't whole shots in Hangtown, but they're good enough. He can work with that. So could be trouble if he can get yeah. off the line, you know? Um yeah, I don't want to downplay anything that he did at Hangtown at all. It was one of the biggest <laughs> victories of all time. Right. I do think Dungey can get closer. I do think Roxon, if he's healthy, is obviously going to be better. But this is still something to worry about. Um, I mean, like I said, a, yeah. a very similar scenario could break out like it did for Jeremy Martin last year. Uh, we know Jer- we know Justin Bogle's out for 250 class. Do we know what do we know about Webb? Do you have any new information? I mean, I, I think it's going to be a late call, you know, a last minute call. But anything you know? No, not yet. I'm, I'm still waiting. We have our guy Aaron Hansel who puts our injury report together. Uh, I can ask when I get to the track here in a moment. But um, man, I'm not. I'm not very positive on that. It seems seems like it's going to be an issue. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. The way he was rolling around in intense pain in the pit, <laughs> and it right. was an injury he already had. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, no doubt. I uh, I like Jeremy Martin to win again this weekend, judging off what we saw at Hangtown and judging off what we saw at Glen Helen. Uh, the bikes are good. Huge hills. Uh, the guy's a warrior, man. He's on point. I like Jeremy Martin to win again this weekend. He looks like uh, looks great. He said something in the press conference after the race that I thought was interesting. Somebody said, "Did you feel any more pressure on the number one plate?" And he said, "No, because I feel like Webb and uh, Marvin dominated Supercross, and they had all the hype coming in, um, so there wasn't any pressure on mm-hmm. me." And I take that as 
I think he felt a little slighted, and he fully admitted that Marvin beat him straight up, smoked him fair and square, and super cross. Right. He wasn't making excuses. Yep. But I think there's a little chip on the shoulder like, hey, I'm still the champ here, and uh, yeah. he's going to be hard to handle. He's pretty much a total package outdoors. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Let's get to some phone calls. The lines are full, of course, as usual. Uh, Tim, what's going on? What's your question? Yeah, I was wondering, they always talk about detuning the 450s in Supercross. Do uh, they turn them up any on the outdoors? Like, what are the numbers, like, compared, do you think? Yeah, they definitely uh, – I don't know if they detune them for indoors. If they try to make them they, – they don't try to take away total horsepower. You know, total horsepower number is still up there. But they try to make them a little more rideable, um, which I guess is, in a sense is detuning. You know, they try to make them a little smoother. Um, outdoors, though, yeah, you're going for more power. You're definitely uh, trying to get as much horsepower as you can. You're probably picking a more aggressive uh, camshaft profile than you would for Supercross. You um, also could maybe um, uh, maybe bump up the compression a little bit. You're trying to get more. There's no doubt. The tracks are deep. They're watered. They're soft. So, yeah, it's a, it's a game of horsepower outdoors. Cool. Yeah, hey, I, I got think, a uh, my question the, for you. The oh. key to that is a disking up the track. Uh, Mathis, you nailed it. The key to that is you don't have a disked up watered supercross track. Here it does. The amount of power that sucks out of a bike is a huge difference. And I've heard riders say that more than even how tight tracks are outdoors to indoors, it's that disked up soil and watering that makes the biggest difference on power. All right. What, what else? Uh, what else, Tim? I was wondering if uh, you have you have a dropper seat post on your mountain bike. I don't. No, I don't feel like I'm that gnarly that I need one yet. But I might get one down yeah, the road. You need you need to get one, and uh, I haven't seen any moto guys that ride with ride with them. And oh, they're no. a game changer, man. No, no, I know lots of guys that ride with them. Absolutely, tons of guys ride with the droppers. So yeah, well, give it a try if you can, man. It's all. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. No problem. It's uh, two weeks in a row we've gotten mountain bike uh, questions on the Fly mm-hmm. Racing Moto Sixty mm-hmm. Show. Um, Dustin, what's going on? You got a motor motocross donations? Yeah, I think it's still really a season to really even be picking out riders. And I know we have like a suggestion of who we'd obviously want, but um, with I know Tony probably going to be able to get riders like that. Oh, your your phone's breaking up, Dustin. Dustin, your phone's you breaking. Oh, you're there. Oh. Yeah, you're back. Okay, I'm good. Um, the Eli Tomax ride last week. Uh, what are the chances of that and um, say Ryan Dungey and Villapoto being on a team? I know Eli said he would drop down to 250 class if, you know, they asked him to. But, I mean, I know I brought this up before. This was not number one kind of, you know, made him a little butt hurt. Do you think Tomac would still want to run number one if he had the chance? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, I know Villapoto got all mad about that number one plate a little while ago, a few years ago. And um, we had Dungy on the Pulp Show. And I, it's pretty early for Disney Nation's questions. We'll grant it that. But, um, yeah, we, I said on the Pulp Show to Eli – that I'm putting him, I'm putting him on the small bike if he will do it, if he wants to do it. Like, I'm building a team um, of four, three, four fifty guys. Uh, I think Baggett, I think Jeremy Martin. Um, no offense to these guys, they've they've let us down a little bit in the small bike class over the years. So I'm I'm doing what some other countries do. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm all about it. Uh, Two fifty champ might be good, but I mean, as, no disrespect to Jeremy Martin at all. But Tomac's already won that title and moved on. Do you really think Tomac's gotten worse? In the last two or three years, and also uh, too, four fifty guys a better rider. And also too, I believe Baggett and Martin, when they went over, they'd never been to Europe before. Like first time racing over there, first time traveling over there. You know, that's not something that I want for uh, my destinations guy. So I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. I, I, but if Tomac wins a four fifty outdoor title, then I'm probably not dropping down. If I'm Eli Tomac, I'm saying yeah, Dunge drops down, and then that's a whole other problem. You know, so yeah, because I mean, yeah, last time Dungey rode a two fifty. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I get it. So, all right, thanks, thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, Chris. What's going on? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, calling from hot muggy Florida. Um, hey, listen. Get actually, the guy just said about uh, Tomac not riding a two fifty. He was just on a two fifty two stroke last week when his four fifty blew up. Right, right. So I guess he could do it. Um, You've been preaching all season long about how much you want to change some type of change in Supercross. Mm-hmm. What if you could wave your magic wand? What would you change for motocross? Mm, I don't think motocross needs as much changing as Supercross. I like the you know I like the fact that we have two classes and they're they're the best of the best. You know what I would do though, and you can go ahead and and call me. Um, 
you know, a, a big a big baby or whatever. But I would shorten the motos. I would shorten them. I would put them 25 plus two, so they end up at 30. Many times, I mean, look, I know this, the motocross is gnarly, and I get it. These, these guys are crazy, crazy good athletes. I get it. I'm only doing it to try to like make it a bit more exciting, you know. But honestly, I'm not even 100 percent sold on that. But Weech, what about you? Yeah, I always say if you look at, I don't think anything really needs to be changed. But if I had to change something, I, I don't know. I think short in the motos might be okay. I don't think the racing would get any worse. Very rarely do the motos get more exciting at the end than they are at the beginning. And uh, I think it allow other things to happen. Uh, just from a TV perspective, we'd be able to interview more people, get more faces on there, uh, and, and kind of promote the riders a little bit better. Because as it is now, we basically can't do anything but show racing, which I know every fan says, that's all I want. Well, I would say that's what you think you want. Yeah. But it would be cool for Weston Pike if he finishes fourth in a moto for people to actually see what he looks like. And a lot of times, they don't have time for that. But overall, yeah. I don't know if he didn't change anything. I think it's pretty good as is. I don't feel like I feel like Supercross needs some massive changes. I, I've been going on and on and on about that, but I, I don't feel the same way about the motocross. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty pretty good. We got two bike classes. We have good participation. I, I would stay away from the Utah tracks and these type of things. Uh, I understand the allure of them. I understand why you would go to them, but I would stay away from those places. But I don't feel like it's as much needs as much changes as Supercross. Two motos works okay. fine. Some people want one moto. I'm good with two motos. That's the way it works. That's the way it's always been. I'm fine with that. So, Well, I think there's a certain yeah. element of Supercross is a show, so we expect almost a little bit of yeah. crazy stuff, whatnot, to almost manipulate it. Where outdoors, it's what we all grew up riding. You just want it to stay the way you're used to seeing actually, it life pretty much. Actually, you know what I would change in motocross? I just thought of this. I would change the point structure. I'd give all 40 guys points. So whatever you need to do, change the point structure. Um, if you want to still make it, you know, three points from first to second, that's fine. Just bump it up to 50 points. All 40 guys get points. That way, if you're some dude that gets 25-25, you get some points, you have a ranking, you have a finish, and you can sell that to some sponsors in your local town or local pro- or state where you're at. So I would, uh, I would give everybody points. That's what I would do. Okay. All right. Well, I, uh, did you guys watch the uh, TV broadcast? Uh, I watched a bit, yeah. Okay. Well, uh they actually did uh, interview uh, Weston Pike at the end of the second moto, which I thought was, I thought that was incredible because even uh, they, you guys even talked about him and his program and where he started from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was great. And I was just glad to see that. So Yeah. No, I think uh, it's something they tried to do. So, well, I'll give you a perfect example. We had to choose. We were showing a battle for, with Roxon and Baggett, which was going down in the last lap. And that would have settled the podium overall but we chose to cut out before they got to the finish line so we'd have more time for interviews at the end. So it gives you an idea. Mm-hmm. If you had two more minutes on the show, right. two right. more minutes less racing, right. you get those interviews in all the time. Right now we have to make a decision, which always somebody's going to lose. Thanks, uh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right, Thank thanks. You. Benoit from Germany. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, guys. I just wanted to know if um, if you know how the Alessi is going to present themselves. If they have a box van or their, their own rig? At the, at the oh, uh, good question. I don't know what they're doing. I guess they would partner up with a team over there, right? I'm not sure. Um, Weege, any idea? <laughs> a hot tub? Hey. Maybe a hot tub. Hey. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I don't really know. I'm not sure how what they're going to do to present themselves there. I think they'll team up. I mean, they wouldn't bring their own rig and all that. They'll just rent a rig or find a team and pit with them. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Benoit. Great. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Uh, all the way from Germany. Calling in. Um, Derek, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. Uh, big big fan of your guys' show. Thank you. I uh, appreciate everything you do. And uh, thanks, Jason, for doing the Moto 60 show on Thursdays. Uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, the MXGP series, uh, what features would you bring over from that series if you wanted to incorporate it in Outdoor Nationals? That pit lane's pretty cool. What do you think, Weege? Would you would that pit lane idea work yeah, in America? Yeah, that is pretty. That is pretty spectacular. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, I have a mixed bag. I think that you know they turned it into a full weekend like we used to have over here with a lot of track time and riding and stuff like that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from a spectator perspective, that's awesome. Uh, and the tracks, it's obviously good too because you're getting the more incentive for people to come out and, and travel and spend their money at the race, but. Uh, I think the riders here at 29 races and 33 weekends would revolt. So I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. 
I'll tell you what I would do. I'd bring the, and I've talked about this before, I'd bring the wash bays back. Put the wash bays, uh, you know, how many many times you walk around a national and you step in some mud or some water or some mechanic who I used to be one is spraying the crowd by on purpose because they're getting too close to his bike. Um, You know, you say you're bringing a sponsor by and he's got some sort of shoes that he really likes and all of a sudden he's just stepping in mud, you know, running water, standing mud um, that these teams are washing their bikes. Yep. I'd bring the wash base. That's what I would do. So thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, guys. Wash base weech? What do you think? Wash base? That works bike. Works that bikes? Works bike. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, I guess that's kind of. You don't of hear cool. people pumped on it. You don't. Yeah. You would think that'd be a hot topic. Dude, they're Very rarely even get brought up. They're works bikes right now. They're badass. You know? I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying. And it's not like over there we see anything insane. No, you know? no, no. Honda's got some pretty trick stuff, and Yamaha. You know, was ahead of the curve Rinaldi guys with some EFI early and things like that. Um, who knows what's going on with KTM? They do a good job of masking it. I'm sure the swing arms and frames are all different, but, you know, you don't really know. So, um, yeah, I could, I could do that. Uh, Weech, uh, before we let you go, Christophe Porcel's debut, what would you think? Uh, I thought it was good, actually. Um, I know that we're all tempering it like, oh, man, it could go really badly. So there's always that in the background, and it definitely didn't go really badly. And I, I have a feeling this whole thing kind of came together late. I don't know if he was exactly doing triathlons in January and February to build his base up. You know, I think the whole thing's a little bit late. So I'd say anything short of a disaster around one is fine. Mm-hmm. He'll probably get better. I think the real question is going to be how much better. I mean, if he finishes in 5 and 10 for the rest of the year, I think at that point you got to qualify. It. I think that's fine, though, um, if he does that. I think that's fine. For the rest of the year? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think his personal, you know, what he's used to doing and his personal expectations, I don't think he'd be happy with that, even if that is what happens. And oh. maybe it's fair, too. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true that, right? Um, hey, Pro Circuit, we've, uh, we just did a feature in the new Racer X about how they've been struggling. They didn't win a race this year. And, uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, Mitch Payton's guys aren't sort of been the guys. But between Cincerello, Aldridge, and Savachi, if if if, if Savachi had been able to stay up and all, and, and same with AC, they would have had three guys in the top six or seven. Um, the team turned around, looked pretty good this year. I thought their bikes looked good too. Yeah, we'll have to see if that keeps up. It was definitely, I thought, a great weekend for them. Maybe the results didn't show it, but uh, we'll have to see how much. Like I say, round one, you're always guessing. They clearly guessed right, mm-hmm. and you give credit to Bones and all their experience for for being on par or on point at the first race of the year, but yep. I hope it keeps up. They need it. I can't believe we're at this point where we're hoping, oh, man, Mitch just needs a, a break. <laughs> but that's where we are right now. Hopefully he does. That little team that could. I hope they get the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, exactly. Uh, thanks, Weesh. Thanks for coming on the show uh, live at Glen Helen. We'll see you there tomorrow. I'm driving down tomorrow. So, um, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on the show, bud. Breaking news. I just rolled the Ken Roxon test bike out of the truck, ready to go riding today. Oh, there we okay. go. Why are they riding at Glen? Yeah, They're riding at Glen Helen today. Uh, press day. Yeah, one hour, two o'clock Western. It's a press, big press day today. Oh, who knew? Yeah. All right. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Kenny, you want to talk to Mathis? You want to talk to Mathis, Kenny? You want Watson? Uh, yeah, let's let's get Watson. Just do a Matt for Moto Show. Moto sixty-five, not Moto Show. Yeah. Oh, really? That's what you jumping on. Live on the air, Motofly Racing, Moto60 Show, presented by NFAB. Let's see if Kenny Watson can come on the show real quick. Oh, no, he's gone. Someone hung up. Probably Watson. Uh, Let's take some calls and get our next guest on the line. Uh, Let's get to Evan, though. Evan, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, guys. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's happening? Um, Did you talk to anybody over at KTM, the Roger, anybody, about what kind of changes Dungey made to the bike between motos? Or how drastic the change was? Uh, no, did not. I didn't didn't get over there. Oh, I did get over there at one point, but almost everybody was gone but Marvin. So I mean, I know Eli crushed him, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, Dungey in the first moto had a minute on third, and then the second yeah. moto he only had eight seconds on on mm-hmm. Pike in third. Who I mean, Pike was riding great, but no, to go from that. Yeah, that he, big of a gap difference. Yeah, whatever they were doing, they missed their mark. There's no doubt. Yeah, I know, I know we put, you know, we're giving Eli a lot of credit, and it's much deserved, but I'm just a little surprised that nobody's brought up the fact that, you know, that Ryan, that Dungey almost looked like 
just one of the normal guys out there, you know, in that second moto, and maybe um, the bike was a way bigger. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, we, than, I, I, than brought, I brought it. Realizing. I wrote about it. I talked about it. You know, yeah, he he went in the wrong way and some changes, no doubt. But hard to believe yeah. that he went that wrong, you know, to to lose that yeah, many seconds. True. I think a little bit had to do with Eli too. So, you did, but you didn't talk to anybody. I did not hear no. anything. No, I did not. So, well, can I say anything? One, one more. Sure. Did, have you caught any of the Canadian nationals? They're from last year, but they're on Mav TV um, during the week a little bit. I have not seen them. I saw them last year. Someone, I think I got a DVD of the first four rounds. I watched some of them last oh, year. All right. You know, but weeks they're after on that. They were on Mav TV during the week. They had Gopher Dunes on a couple of weeks, and I got to say that track. I wish we could get a real sand track back on a national yeah. on a national schedule because after watching that and watching uh, uh, the GP and yeah. uh, Vulcan Sport, we need a sand track like them yeah, badly. Not even Southwick is 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 that sand. You know that's. No, a, I wouldn't that... say we'd have we have to go back there. We could find right. a new place that was like that. That'd be great. Yeah, I agree, man. It'd be awesome. No, absolutely. Gopher Dunes is one of the gnarliest tracks out there. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's true sand. All right, thanks, Evan. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Take it easy, guys. All right, no problem. Uh, let's get to some phone calls here. Uh, Neil, what's up, man? How are you? Neil, you there? Oh, yeah. Hey, Steve. Um, I had a couple questions for you. The first one was, is, do you guys know anything about what track's going to replace uh, Utah for next year? Because I know that Southwick is being used again. Yeah, Southwick, I heard, I heard that Southwick could be back. Um that's about it, though. I, I haven't heard anything else. Obviously, they got to replace it. Yeah, this is the last year for Utah. So, no, I haven't heard too much. Um, should be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. And then uh, my other question was, is there any – like, it seems like the most suspension techs in the pits of any suspension brand seems to be WP. It's like they have 10 or 12 guys that's running between every team. Did this show I have that many? Because I know, like, KYB doesn't or – um, yeah, like no, every team, you know, every factory team has a guy dedicated to them. So there's a show, a guy at factory Cowie. There's a show, a guy yeah. at Yoshimira. They're all, they're all there. Every, everybody has a guy. KYB has a guy that kind of jumps between teams a little bit. And then Honda has a KYB guy just dedicated to them and a show, a guy. Yeah. So they're around, you know, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but everybody has a guy. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it seems like WP's got the most guys there doing data acquisition on the suspension and stuff. Like, I was talking to Johnny Oler from JJR, and he's like the sole guy there doing suspension. Along, I think it's Cause or Cause, Cause yeah. Or yeah, yeah, Cause, like with Cause, and it just seems like it's really hard to compete with the KTM's as far as suspension stuff goes um, right now because they have so many guys there. I don't know. It just depends. You know, so many guys doesn't mean so good. You know what I mean? It depends. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to – WP is killing well, it right now. There's yeah. no doubt. But I know, you know, there was a guy just for Shorty and his air stuff. And, you know, obviously there's a, there's a couple of guys for the factory team only. Now Troy Lee probably has a guy. You know, but honestly, yeah. the other suspension guys, they, they've they been around a long time too. And, and they're dedicated to the one team. So just like, you know. Yeah. So just like that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, Neil. I just had one other question sure. for you. What was what's the nastiest thing a little kid ever said to you when you wouldn't give him the plastics off a race bike? Uh, no, I never really got that. I never really got um, any sort of nasty things at me. I, I would just tell him beat it a lot of times. I felt bad, but they were some they were yeah. sometimes really annoying, like very no, annoying. I saw some dickhead kids last weekend at Hangtown just. And yeah. mechanics and stuff. Yeah, I was blown away. No, I, I do. If the kid was cool, if he's like, "Excuse me, please," or if he waited, or you know, I would yeah. give him stuff. But the, yeah, the dudes that just ran up and asked, I would just be like, "Beat it." So, yeah. All right. right. Thank you, man. I'm sorry for criticizing your mountain bike ride. Yeah, it's okay. We're we're we're, we're good. Apology accepted. <laughs> uh, thanks, Neil and uh, Jason Thomas. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's going on? Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. Fly Racing. Uh, Great guys, great company. You guys just launched a new line of gear, so that's that's all exciting for you. Plus, you're the co-sponsors of the Nationals now, presenting sponsor of Lucas yep. Oil Pro Motocross Championships, presented by Western Power Sports and Fly Racing. Big times going on at WPS right now. Huge. It is. There's a lot. There's a lot happening. Uh, finest truck, truck accessories money can buy. NFAB has you covered from step systems and light mounting solutions to bumpers and Jeep gear. Dress up your rig. With the hottest looking, hardest working accessories, visit n-fab.com. Let's text. Let's before we get into it, JT. The phone lines are packed. Can we just start taking phone calls? Whatever your show. All right, Tyler. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good. What's going on? Uh, not much, man. Hey, uh, first of all, I'm a huge hockey fan, so congrats on the Babcock signing. Yeah, JT. What do you think of Babcock going to the Leafs? Uh, it 
Isn't that a furniture store? What? I don't know who I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who Babcock is. I thought he was a furniture store guy. Um, All right. Anyways. Uh, well, anyways, man, I just wanted you said something about how you're surprised about Tomac's speed. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of questioning that he's you know he's always the fastest qualifier. I mean, I think there's nobody more talented or faster than Tomac right now if he could just you know get the mistakes figured out. Yeah, but dude, he destroyed him. He crushed the third place. Just crushed him. In both yeah, motos. Yeah, that it was a big win, you know, and everything. It just kind of made it sound like you were surprised, though, by, like... Well, I'm not surprised team. he won, but I'm surprised he, he crushed everybody that badly. JT, what do you think? Well, I think if anybody wasn't surprised by the margin of victory in the second moto, you're fooling yourself. Yeah, I mean... Well, yeah, I'm not saying that, but, I mean, would you agree, though, that Tomac's probably the fastest and most talented rider right now if he just needed to get his, you know, get the Rex out of the way and work on uh, starts? I don't know. Uh, Supercross or motocross? It depends on what you're talking. I mean, it's a reason why, you know, Dunge won the title last year, or Kenny won the title last year, and Dunge. And, I mean, when Tomac came back, he was good, but I think he only won one overall out of the last eight, you know? That I means think he only that. won Millville, right? Yeah, I think he only won Millville. And uh, so that means Roxanne and Dungey beat him, you know, in the other seven races, one of those guys, or, or Trey Kennard. So... I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, maybe he's taking his game to a new level, Tyler. We'll have to see this weekend. But yeah. Hangtown was amazing, I think. So, yeah. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Well, cool. Like the show. Keep it up. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Jay. He wants to talk to JT. What's up, Jay? How are you? Hey, Steve. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you for all of the content that you put out for us. Uh, I think we all, we all really appreciate all that you do. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're, we're trying. It's going well. Hey. Listening numbers are good, and people have seemed stoked on it. So. Good, good. But uh, my question's for the uh, the best dressed man in motocross, JT yep. Money. No, that would not be um, me. Yeah, it would not be me. That'd be JT. Um, throughout the uh, throughout the year and all the uh, podcasts and episodes, uh, JT, you talk about uh, how a rider's fitness base is put in in the months of October, November, December. Um, when and how is the transition made from uh, twenty lap main events to two thirty minute motos? Well, the good thing is is that, as you said, there's a base there already. Uh, so you're already pretty fit. The biggest change is just um, kind of transitioning that a little bit to, as you said, for the outdoors. Um, and, and really, in your training, you're not going to do a ton differently. Uh, you may extend your bicycle rides a little longer and do stuff like that, but it's really just in your riding, like your actual motos day-to-day. Uh, because once you're fit, you're kind of fit, and then you can kind of fine-tune that a bit. Uh, but it doesn't really take too much from what I've found uh, as far as the riding. The biggest thing is just you start riding, you know, getting your speed up and then riding 30-minute motos. And then the one thing you really notice is uh, the day after the race, you're probably going to be sore versus a supercross. You're not really sore at all. So I never really had a a fitness problem transitioning. It was more just trying to get my speed up and getting used to going so fast and and blasting through rough sections that supercross you'd be trying to avoid. Uh, But in outdoors, you just kind of have to go through it got to grit your teeth and just just do it <laughs> yeah and it's it's tough like you you're used to your bike being so stiff and not handling at you know well at all and then your outdoor bike you just have to kind of take that out of your mind and be like okay my bike's set up to handle this section i just have to stay in the throttle here there you what go. kind of uh what kind of active recovery would a rider be doing on a sunday following a national uh, pretty much everyone will be either on their bicycle or on their spin bike uh, for about an hour or so, and nothing hard, just um, just trying to burn lactic acid out. Remember, uh, uh, Timmy's guy Dean had him riding. Yeah, we little light riding did that a little bit, but yeah. I I would never. Yeah, that was never in my program. I just would try to get on the bicycle, and it just basically you want to try to get to as back to uh, zero as you can on Monday. So. Uh, whatever works best for you. Timmy found that riding helps. And really, he wasn't riding hard. He would ride like yeah. 70%. But he was, I think the reason they did that was to try to get lactic acid out of the muscles that you use in motocross versus just the, the muscles you'd use on a bicycle. Jay, uh, thanks for calling. Do you want to set a fly kinetic mesh Rockstar gear? You know it. Yeah, you would. Good questions. I'm surprised you All didn't. Right, I'm, awesome. su- I'm surprised you didn't direct your fitness questions to me, but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, stay on the line, uh, Tits Legendary. Get your information, man. Thanks and congrats. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. All right, thanks, Jay. Winners of the winner of the Fly Kinetic Mesh Rockstar Gear, uh, jersey, pants, gloves. So, 
Oh, he's going to love that stuff. Hopefully he drinks Monster. Uh, let's go to Nick. Nick, what's up, man? Not much. Uh, are we going to get Bozer to put me on just short this week? We can try. Yeah. <laughs> I came in just one place off. No, anyway, I was going to ask about John Luck, the uh, the cyclist guy at MTS. I, I, I feel like this would have caused a lot more uproar of him coming out with some pretty some pretty huge allegations. I, uh, have I, you heard anything about well, I just and I know I just read what whatever you read. The first press release said he, he's he's accepting these sanctions from USADA, and that in return for maybe a little bit lenient penalty, he there's a quote in there saying that he is going to um, help the uh, authorities with information about uh, PED use in professional supercross and motocross. That was his quote. Then right. I saw something that comes up from MTF. Um, you know, he's a trainer there, obviously. Then I saw something that come from MTF. Where he, they said that they knew nothing about it, that he wasn't doing it there, and they they run a clean facility. And then a quote from the cyclist guy himself saying, "Nothing happened at MTF. Um, I'm happy to uh, clear them." And blah blah blah. So I'm more confused than ever. Yeah, it was it was. I'm not really saying anything about MTF, but more so about the sport as a whole. Are I mean, is this going to cause a firestorm? Are there going to be people? You know. Is this going to cause a witch hunt, or is this going to just go away? Um, I don't think I, I don't think it does anything. I, I hope it. Do, I don't. I don't hope it does, but I hope if he has some proof, go ahead and present it, and let's get this people out of the sport. These trainers or these riders, let's penalize them appropriately. There's millions of dollars on the line for riders here, and if you're doing it clean and someone's not, then that sucks. But let's have some proof. You know what I mean? I hate for years and years fans would ask me to. To, to ask them what I think about who's doing PEDs, and honestly, I never, I never went down that road really because I have no proof, and it sucks to be painted if you don't have any proof. So, um, yeah, you know, honestly, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna do much. But if it does, if he has proof, then great, I'm all for it. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I don't think anything happens uh, for the same reason you said, uh, because proof like that is so hard to come by unless you are an active participant in that program. How are you ever going to, you know, uh, how are you ever going to prove that in a, in a yeah. USADA court or a court of law or anything like that? I mean, we've seen how hard it is in the cycling world to prove that, uh, and they had lots of data. So um, our sport doesn't generally have that much uh, scientific data supporting stuff like that. And I think that at one time in our sport it may have been a fairly prominent deal, uh, but it was, that was going on in every sport, I think. Uh, but I don't think it's such a big deal anymore. I think uh, the other sports have, have scared our sport cleaner, and I think that the active WADA and USADA tests, even you know, even with James Stewart getting caught for uh, his his problem, which wasn't really the same thing, I think it still scared a lot of people straight that would have taken a chance on something like that. I'm confused by the guy's statements, though. I mean, okay, so you know, he said M- he was a trainer at MTF, but he said MTF is clean, you know, so. How does he have his knowledge? Was I don't know the well, guys. I think he was know? he was referring to when he used to participate in cycling races, correct? Not when he was a trainer. Yeah, but he said he's going to bring he's going to inter you know he's going to bring the light the motocross supercross world and all the yeah, you know. Well, so yeah, I don't really know what he's referring to. He could have been referring to. I mean, you got to think about where he lives. There's a lot of people riding and training and racing and right. down there. So but who then, knows but, who he's referring but to. But like, you know, like we said, he's got to have proof. So I could see him having proof at MTF that something's going down. He was a trainer there. You know what I mean? Right. That to me, yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. Could. like, he could, but no, but he already said like, I, nothing goes on at MTF. They're clean. Right. Like he already said right. that. So I'm more confused than ever. Cause I don't know yeah, the who guy. Knows? I mean, it could have right. been anything. could have been a change of heart. It could have misspoken about yeah. that. He, you know, what he thought he knew. Who knows? I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's all yeah. speculation, right? Uh, that's always the problem. Nick, it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. I mean, you know, I, I, JT and I both lean towards nothing, but uh, maybe. I think the you bold know. move here is to just uh, is to wait and see. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's exactly it. Um, I wouldn't bet money that this whole thing's going to bring the, the motocross racket down. But honestly, like I said, if he's got proof, great. Great. Because why wouldn't some people try to skirt the rules in our sport? Literally, there's millions of dollars on the line here. So why wouldn't they? They do it everywhere else, you know, but, but please have proof. That's all. So thanks, what man. What kind of things do people take? Like, what would you take for motocross? 
Uh, well, that depends on who you talk to and everything else. I mean, I think something like uh, there's something better than EPO, but certainly EPO would help um, in recovery. Uh, HGH would help in muscle growth and recovery after after a long race. You know, um, but apparently there's even something better than EPO nowadays. So I don't know how the, how you catch that or anything, but yeah. So well, I, thanks a lot, guys. I right. do really appreciate all the content you put out, even though you catch a ton of flack for it. Yeah, but, sometimes uh, I do. Again, we'll uh, we'll chat later. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. The uh, the uh, magnet breathe right ish things that are going on. I don't think those are performance enhancing at all. Actually, okay. All right. <laughs> You're just checking though. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Right, right. Um, if if they are, they're really out in the open. They're they're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're really daring USADA to go after them. <laughs> uh, Dave, we want to talk about Weston Pike. What's going on? Hey guys, love the show. Uh, Thank you. Glad I could get on. Uh, JT, you really like all the content you put out. And what about me? You, you add Thanks, to the man. show. Oh, for sure, you too, Steve. He really hey, enjoys JT's content. Uh, You're the ringleader of this um, whole thing. JT wouldn't have any content if it wasn't for me. Yeah, I would be. I, I would know. have industry seating out You're there, awesome. firing away if it weren't for you. Oh, really? I, yeah. I don't believe you. So, all right. Anyway, prove it. Just like uh, that Carter Luck guy. Right. Okay. What's up, man? Hey. Yeah. Uh, uh, at what point does Pike uh, ask if he can trade salaries with Barsha? just well, right he now. signed for next year, and I'm sure he got a raise. Um, oh, that's no, for sure. I was going to ask too, but do you think if he keeps getting podiums and maybe even wins a motor or two outdoors? Think he should have waited till after the uh, outdoor season to resign? Or what do you think, JT? What, should he have held uh, fly racing over the barrel a little bit by waiting? <laughs> um, I think it's a dangerous game you play there because he had, you know, you look at the end of his Supercross season. I mean, how much better are you looking for than that? He podium yeah, the last what two out of three or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't. If you're looking for a leverage, it's tough to to go into a situation with more leverage than that. So I think, you know, sure, hindsight's twenty twenty, and he had a great second moto, and he got fourth overall and all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, budgets are budgets, and it's not like he was going to go from making what he's making to doubling it because of Hangtown or anything or I, however he does out I would bet, though, and I have no knowledge of this, um, Dave, but I would bet he yeah. doubled his pay from this year to next year, base salary from JGR. Yeah, so you know, don't you think, JT? Hope he got a pretty good raise. I would, I don't know. I, I don't, think I never heard the number he's gotten. I bet it was a significant raise. I don't know. Doubling's quite a bit. I don't think they got him for much. I think he didn't, he didn't sign for much. You know, there was a lot of guys going for that mm-hmm. for that job, uh, for that ride. JGR was like, eh, whatever. Yamaha said, hey, we'd like you to take Pike. They were like, all right. I'm sure it was something like, hey, here's a take it or leave it offer. I don't know. Just my own. Maybe. My I mean, I know thing. what he was getting for outdoors only last year. So, and I know his. His attitude, and I don't think he just signed for nothing. I, I really don't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but okay. I, he for sure was deserving of a raise. There's no question about yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. Um, One more quick thing. Yeah. Uh, Purcell, he got to keep his 377 this year. What, did they AMA change the rules again? No. Or? Well, here's the thing. He earned a permanent number in 2010 yeah. or 20, 2009, 2010, whatever the last year he wrote for PC. He right. earned a permanent number with a top 10 overall placing in the series points. So he picked 377 as his permanent number. Now, oh, okay. you lose your permanent number if you don't race, but they yeah. usually have a grace period of a year or two if you're hurt, if, you know, you had kind of crappy luck or something, whatever. So they, they actually took it away from him at one point, but he said to AMA, like, hey, I wasn't retired and I wasn't hurt. I wasn't able to find a job. I looked and looked and looked and couldn't find a job. And, you know, you can't really penalize me because I didn't pack it in. I was always riding. I was always training, looking for a well, job. Well, let's not get carried away. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. And so the AMA and Supercross and, and Motocross all said fine. They just gave in. But he, he had to fight for it a little bit in terms of petitioning to get it. So Okay, cool. I was wondering I was wondering if that means means Annie will get to keep his 100 next year, but maybe not. Huh? I think that would be a tougher case. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that would be a tougher case because uh, – yeah, and Osborne didn't Osborne want to keep his three three eight too, and he wasn't allowed to, right? Well, um, no, because the new rule is you cannot pick a permanent three digit number. But Porcel picked the yeah. three digit number before that rule came in, so he was grandfathered right. in like a lessee. So, right. all right, man, thank you. Cool. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. All right, thank you, JT. Alessi's finishes at the the GP this weekend. I have him down for an eight nine, but as I told you, I think there's a good chance he DNFs one of them. People. Um, People, we had a call from Germany earlier asking what kind of rig he's out of, and I don't really don't know. I would think a hot tub, right? Would you think they're pitted out of a hot tub? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very astute. Right. All right. Uh, Aaron, what's going on? What's happening? You want a Jesse Nelson question? Yeah, how are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling. You got it. Um, yeah, in, in your post-race podcast, uh, you talked with uh, Mitch, and he said um, uh, he commented that uh, Jesse Nelson was uh, kind of close to pointing out. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, Mitch made a comment about guys getting the getting uh, hurt um, when they're close to pointing out, and I think Nelson was one of those guys. But And I heard that when it, when it happened, that Nelson skipped. But I also heard from some people that he was flat out knocked out at Glen Helen practicing. Which you know makes the same. right, yeah, so that same. that takes Mitch's theory about like just kind of accidentally staying home, you know, so you can stay in the class away. I mean, he was second in points too, so no, I know, yeah, kind of a kind of a a bad yeah. spot, I would think, to just be like, yeah, we're we're gonna wait till next year, right? Like, and, and you're waiting for a better spot than second in points, and he okay, and he crashed like at a public track, you know, like I heard right. he was out, so I, I don't, you know, I don't, I wasn't there, but I, I know what Mitch said, yeah. I mean, what, yeah, what if Webb hurts his ankle the, that week and can't race like he can't race now? Right. You know, I just don't think they would just do that. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed weird that he would uh, be that close to pointing out, though. He still seems like a new guy to me, you know, and they've got other guys that have been in the, in the Yeah, it's a hundred. It's 120 points in an eight-race series three years in a row or something. So, really, yeah. the other guys have just haven't been able to stay healthy. Like your, your Martin Davalos, your um, – uh, Help me out. There's a couple other guys, but yeah, yeah, yeah there's him. a lot of guys. But uh, what, what what would stop uh, the teams from kind of using that as a strategy? Then, well, they oh, they do they do. Brock Sellards. Do. When yeah. I was at KTM, Brock Sellards uh, won the heat in St. Louis. Looked great coming in the main event. All of a sudden, he got the flu. It was like the last round. It was really weird. He yeah, got the yeah, flu. He wasn't yeah. able to line up. It was really strange. JT. Uh, yeah, very very. Uh, David Pingree coincidental. Ping also took a couple of dives to stay in the class. So. It happens, man. Yeah. Um, one more thing, real quick. Does that uh, now that you know that uh, Bogle's uh, hurt, does that change your opinion from uh, what Kiefer was saying about uh, picking the bike up? No, no, I no, I, I no. He, you know, he was Bogle's arm was raised up and everything. He no. doesn't change his mind. No, I, I, I do change my mind. I used to not like Mike Babcock. Now I love him. So, <laughs> um, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Last call. Let's make it quick. Mario, what's going on? You got a question for JT? Yo, guys, what's going on? Win or lose, drink the booze. JT, I got a safety question for you. All right. After seeing Bogle's, well, it wasn't his fault, technically. Once the sun gets on those ruts going up the faces of those jumps, how come they're never knocked down? Once they dry, Christ, they're like riding between two train rails. I mean, yeah, I hear you. Um, we're going back to already first round. We're going back to last year's Supercross with the list of injuries. Yeah, it's it's t- it's a tough scenario because you don't want the tracks to be super smooth, right? And if you look at the GPS, they never would wor- even consider working on the ruts, no matter what time of the day or what shadows or how hard they are or anything like that. So, I think there's been a concerted effort to let our tracks get a little bit rougher. Uh, this year, and we've we bounced around it. You know, I've seen every scenario under the sun where they didn't touch the track one time from start to finish. I've seen it where they groomed the entire track every moto. Uh, so I think we're somewhere in between now, where they work on certain sections that they deem dangerous, but then they try to leave it as rough as possible. And I think part of that is what Steve was saying, where uh, Roger DeCoster has voiced his opinion that our tracks are too smooth, and we've we keep losing motocross of nations. Partly due to that. Um, also, too, there's not a lot of time, Mario. These, there's yeah, no intermission anymore. Also, I figure even if they just, you know, ba- you know, backbladed real quick, just to. Well, I mean, the, when you watch TV, it looked like. I mean, it looked like a, some of them had, were like S's going up. You wonder why the bikes are yawing coming off. Well, of them. this is motocross too. That's part of it. But uh, they were fixing the corner and the face of the Fly 150 jump. I know that, so they oh, were concerned yeah. about that. But uh, there's I just... believe I could fly. <laughs> Good one. Hey, R. Kelly's on the show. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, don't Matthew, pee on anyone. Don't forget, pork roll and cheese, Bud's Creek. You hear me? Oh, yeah. Got it. That's right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, John. All right. See you. I forget what he's talking about, but something about pork roll and cheese. Um, uh, I think there's a restaurant nearby or something. I don't know. Anyways, JT, didn't, we didn't get to, to a lot of race analysis with you, but we had a lot of phone calls. So, yeah, that's what we had to do. That's uh, the 
Good thing about this show, we take calls. We do. All right, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAP. Thank you, JT. Appreciate it. You will not be at Glen Helen this weekend. Will and, not. And uh, that sucks. So <laughs> For you. Yeah, exactly. All right, see you. All right, see you guys. Uh, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAP. Tits, thanks for all your help. Hopefully you uh, make it in time next week for the show. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I appreciate the attitude. Thanks to Jay. He, uh, he won the Fly Kinetic Mesh Rockstar gear. Thanks to you guys. Lots of calls. Lots of talk. Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas also. Appreciate it. Same time, same place, next Thursday before Lakewood. Thanks for listening. See ya.